couple months ago, uh, Lana and Lily and I were flying somewhere, and we got to the gate. We're going down the jetway, you know, and there was a mom there uh, traveling alone with a, a little baby, and she had uh, a, a pack, like a, a, a diaper bag around her shoulder. She was hauling another, uh, like, suitcase behind her because you have to carry your bags with you because it costs $750 to check them now. And then she had a stroller, and she had the baby, and she's trying to get the the, the stroller undone on the jetway by herself doing this juggling act while she's holding the baby. And so Lana ran up. She, she, I had Lily's hand and she said, can I help you? And of course she said yes. And so she's trying to decode how to undo this stroller. And, and this poor mom's, you know, sweating, trying to figure it all out. And so we're having a good conversation with her and just uh, where she's traveling, all these things. And I walk up a little closer because the, the, where they you know, drop those off to go down in the belly of the plane is right there by the door of the plane. So I get right there and I look over and there's a flight attendant like standing in the doorway watching this whole thing. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I wanted to punch him in Jesus' name. <laughs> but I, I sense that there is, there is an absence of kindness. Doesn't it seem like there's an absence of kindness in the air today in the time that we live? Um, so I want to talk about that today. There is a sense of kind of rudeness, uh, cruelty even. There are staples of our time. Um, they can be found on every news outlet. It can be found with most politicians, many star athletes, and even a few pastors. But you know God has given us the capacity for supernatural kindness, uh, something even more than good manners. It goes deeper. And so today, we're going to talk about this as we continue our series examining the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to look at biblical Kindness. Incidentally, this is a perfect topic on Orphan Sunday as we examine the role that God's people have to play in the plight of the orphan around the world and even in our own community because there is an act of supernatural kindness. There, there are several that usually take place for the, the, the families who, who would foster, uh, who would adopt. Uh, for, for those involved, for, for the child to understand the kindness that's extended to him or her. But most importantly, as it was shared so well in Curtis and Haley's video, in, in the, the act of kindness uh, exhibited by many of these birth moms who give so much lovingly out of a desire to extend the life of a child. So to the birth moms who are watching or who are here today who have given life, who have, have loved sacrificially rather than yielding to the pressures of the world around you and perhaps the fear that people have spoken into you. You gave life. Thank you. Thank you for that act of supernatural kindness. Well, I want us to look at this because it's so significant. Incidentally, when I started this series, the fear really was, are we going to have enough to say about each of these words? And the real fun thing about the Word of God is we've gotten to take a deep dive into the meaning of one word in a passage and often look at a parallel passage as well. And I've found myself at times, especially this week, thinking it might take two Sundays to unpack biblical kindness here. But Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 23, is a list of the nine aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, there it is, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Paul calls them fruit. This is what the Holy Spirit will grow in your life as you walk with Jesus, walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Do you see? Now listen, the result of this actually starts back in verse 16. 
It says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. It's talking about walking in step, walking by the Holy Spirit, and this fruit will grow in you. Remember, the primary phrase is walk by the Spirit. As you walk by the Spirit, then God will do this. It's not a matter of saying, well, this is the checklist, the things I need to work on. I need to be kind. No, it's saying I need to focus on allowing the Spirit of God to work in me, and as the Spirit of God works in me, he will give us the bandwidth to be supernaturally kind. So as we look at kindness, I want to leave with more than a determination to be nice. Now, boys and girls, you need to be nice. That's, that's important. But this is more than niceness. We want to recognize that God has given us the capacity for supernatural kindness. It's, both, it's easy to, to be misunderstood, and it's also challenging to live out apart from God. And so let's talk, first of all, about what kindness is not before we dive into our passage today, all right? First of all, kindness is not weakness or a lack of conviction. Don't get the idea that to be kind is to sort of be a doormat. There's a difference between kindness and caving. You're not ignoring problems. That doesn't make you kind. It makes you cowardly. And there are times when you have to speak truth into a difficult situation, and that's the most kind thing that you can do. Um, When there's a difficult situation or somebody is walking in a path of destruction, you can still be kind and you can lovingly confront. Those two are not mutually uh, exclusive. In fact, maybe that's a good litmus test. If, um, If no one wants to be around you, that's probably an indicator that you're not demonstrating Christian kindness in your confrontations. But if you never have any opposition to anything, you're probably avoiding difficult situations in your life. You usually uh, find that we get to show biblical kindness in difficult situations. Do you see? They go hand in hand. We have a core value at Kingsland we call grace-filled truth. And this is the heart of it. We don't have to choose as believers between grace and truth. And, and so often, this is a false dichotomy that churches embrace. And if you've ever been in a church that's all truth and no grace, man, it's a miserable place to be. You know, just, well, because first of all, it's going to hinge toward legalism. It always will. And it also, what? It's, gonna, it's something none of us can lead, live up to. So we're all going to just live guilty lives if we're all truth and no grace. But have you ever been in a church that's all grace and no truth? Well, we just avoid all the tough subjects so everybody feels good about themselves. Well, then you don't have any healing, no repentance, no change, no transformation. That's not biblical either. What do we do? We emulate the Lord Jesus Christ, John 1. He came from the Father full of grace and truth. We embrace both. And so we speak the whole counsel of truth, even when it's uncomfortable, but we do so recognizing our own needs. We do so in humility, recognizing that we embrace the grace of Christ. You see, that is the essence of kindness. So kindness is not weakness or lack of conviction. I'll tell you something else. Kindness is not. Kindness is not just being nice. Kindness is not just good manners. Those are all good things. But that wouldn't require the Holy Spirit of the living God working in you just to be nice. You can be nice on your own. You might turn to somebody next to you and just say right now, hey, you can be nice on your own, all right? Yeah, some of you said that with a little too much conviction. You were a little smart aleck, right? But you can. But it requires the Holy Spirit's power for you to be kind. It's a different thing. Let me, let me give you an example of what it's not. We've kind of been, we've watered down the word kindness in our, uh, in our culture. Going back 20 years, uh, those of you who are 
20 and younger, maybe 30 and younger can tune me out right now because you don't remember. Remember Blockbuster Video? You used to go, you had to get a video, boys and girls. Like if you want to watch a movie, you go to a store and you'd exa- you find that and you rent that. And then you get home and every now and then you would have to uh, put it in and you had the worst thing happen. You'd put it in and push play and it would be rolling the credits at the end of the movie. That's a horrible feeling, right? Oh! And so to combat this horrific uh, issue... Blockbuster had a saying on all their cases and also on a sign in their stores. And what did it say? Be kind, rewind, right? And so the essence of kindness was just, hey, rewind your tape when you're done as an act of kindness. Well, that's, that's, that's nice, but it's not biblical kindness. Uh, nor is it just being nice on the roadway. You can do that, by the way. It's a good thing to do. Uh, I try to show kindness on the road. Like I, I try to let people into traffic when they're trying to get over in the lane. I try to make room, especially if you put on your signal. It's so rare in the city of Houston that I feel morally obligated. I'm going to let you in if you use your signal. Now, my wife has a different uh, stance on this. She says, if you put your signal on in Houston, people are going to speed up. Like they're going to, so I, I just move over and then I, I would, no. Uh, so that has nothing to do with the sermon. Just pray for my wife. So... So if you're changing lanes, I'm going to let you in. But I'll tell you, one thing I ask when I let you in my lane is what? I just want a little, hey, thank you, thank you. Every now and then the window goes down, the hand goes out. Man, that makes my whole day when somebody does that. But there's nothing worse than, you know, you stop traffic, maybe get honked at. You let somebody over, and they just keep on going like you didn't even exist. And in my heart, I just want to speed up and find a way for them to ask again and say, no, no, you don't get to go over, right? That's not kindness, incidentally. But kindness is more than good manners. Do you understand? So what is biblical kindness? What is this thing that the Scripture talks about is a fruit of the Holy Spirit living inside of you? The best way I can describe it is love in motion. Love in motion. It's a tangible relational goodness. Incidentally, I was uh, planning early on in this series to preach kindness and goodness on the same day. But when I started to unpack those words, there's so much riches there. They, they don't, they're not intended to mean the same thing here. When it talks about goodness in the passage, it's talking about internal goodness, rightness, righteousness that the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do. When it talks about kindness, it's talking about relational goodness, if you will. You're manifesting goodness to someone else. You're demonstrating that. You see? So here's the long version. Kindness is intentional, steadfast, extraordinary demonstration of helpfulness to others prompt by an experience of God's redemptive love. That's the kindness of God. God is inviting us to demonstrate supernatural kindness, and he's given us the capacity to do so. I say supernatural because it's supposed to be beyond what we can do naturally, something more. How do we do that? Well, he shows us an example, just one book over in the book of Ephesians. Would you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31? We're going to look at verses 31 and 32. As Paul really unpacks, I think, biblical kindness and how this is supposed to work. As you're turning there, uh, let me remind you of a couple of items you need to know about. You heard earlier about the Advent uh, activities for preschoolers and children. We have some wonderful activities that are available in the hallway outside today. If you're watching online, you can come by this week and pick those up. You'll note there's a sign at each one. Grab one for your own household and for somebody else that you can give away. This is not only for the moms and dads in the room, but also for grandparents in the room or anybody else maybe who has access and impact on, on uh, the next generation to take 
sake and say, let's walk through this together. It's a special time, wonderful opportunity this time of year, so do that. Uh, we also, coming up to December the 5th, we have a town hall meeting. Remember in October, we, we uh, did a, a several surveys as a congregation. We're going to unpack the results of those, some exciting news there, and share some wonderful things God has done and talk about the next year. So I hope you'll be a part of that. And then December the 8th is our Christmas blast, that annual time. Where we'll invite thousands of friends and neighbors to our central campus and share the love of Christ with them. We'll have the shop with a purpose with all the booths of the mission uh, partners that we support and, uh, and great funds slides and all that. So plan on inviting your friends to be a part of that wonderful time. Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32 kind of unpack for us the difference between being nice and being biblically kind. Watch this. It says, let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice And be kind, there's that word, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. You see, Paul begins the list by saying be kind, and then he shares three other words or descriptors that I think help us to embody what it means to have biblical kindness. And for the next few minutes, minutes, I'd love for us to unpack those together, okay? First of all, I want you to notice that biblical kindness is compassionate. It is compassionate. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another. Our English word compassion comes from actually two Latin words, compati, which means to suffer with. It's the same Latin origin and meaning of the word sympathy. Did you know that? So when we say compassion, we're entering into pain. That's what it means. Kindness begins when we try to see things from somebody else's perspective and we're even willing to suffer alongside them. The Greek word that Paul uses is great here. The New American Standard translates it tender-hearted. You know why? Because it literally means uh, tender guts. It, it means having good guts. In fact, I, I'm, I'm so grateful Dr. Steve Jones is preaching at the North Katy campus today, and he's done a lot of heavy lifting on this message as we walk through it together. And he was tempted. I don't know whether he's brave enough, but he was tempted to have his first point be uh, kindness is being good gutted. And I'm like, what? Well, I, I don't have the guts to do that, but good luck to you. I hope it works out. But the whole point is, it, when it addresses in the Greek the heart, it's actually addressing the guts. Did you know that? Because it's your innards. It, the idea is you feel it in your, in your whole body. You enter into somebody else's pain. That's what it means to be tender-hearted in this idea. It's good-gutted. Um, it's a graphic explanation of entering into another's pain. That's what it means to be kind. That's a little bit more, right? You're entering into somebody's pain. Last time, uh, many years ago, that I wasn't senior pastor, I was associate pastor. Uh, the girls were much younger, and one of our kiddos had uh, uh, got, got sick, and she ended up with a diagnosis that was pretty significant. Now, we've learned since then uh, that she's, she's, she did fine, but at the time, it seemed devastating uh, to receive this diagnosis. And we were in the hospital with her, and you know, when you're a new parent anyway, I mean, it just, it just was, the weight of it was so heavy. And our senior pastor, my boss, came to see us in the hospital. And he sat down with us. He asked what was going on. Atlanta explained it. And our pastor sat there and wept with us. He didn't have an explanation. He didn't have a pithy statement. 
he wept with us. And I would imagine since he was farther along in the road of raising kids that he probably knew at that moment, you're going to be okay. But that wasn't the point that he was trying to make at that point. He knew that Lana was weeping and I was weeping and he wept with us. Do you see? He entered in. There could be nothing more kind that he could have done for us than enter into our pain. Kindness is compassionate. I'll show you something else here. Kindness is also forgiving. Kindness is forgiving. Now, the Greek word that's used in this passage when it says forgiving one another is not the standard word in the New Testament for forgiveness. It definitely means forgiving, but it ultimately means more generally to show grace to someone. To show grace. It's the sense of somebody owing you or hurting you, and you show extraordinary kindness to that person. Grace is a word we use so much that sometimes we forget about its definition. And so let's talk about that. Grace is unwarranted, unmerited, undeserved kindness. That's what it is. We talk about grace and mercy. They're not exactly the same thing. Mercy is not receiving a bad thing that you deserve. Do you see? So sometimes being gracious... The best way to be gracious to somebody is withholding the harm that they do deserve and saying, I'm going to show grace instead. So it's showing love to someone. The idea here when it says grace is for kindness is forgiving is you probably have in your mind, if I were to ask you, who's the person that would be the most difficult on this planet for you to show kindness to, right? Something probably pops into your head. And that's what the Holy Spirit has given you the capacity to do to show kindness, even in that situation. Paul tells us the key to kindness is to be gracious to one another. Somebody said, uh, we all want ourselves to be saved by grace, and we want everybody else to be saved by works. Isn't that kind of secretly true? Like, oh, you just need to do better. No, but the idea here is to say, I know I'm saved by grace, and I want to exemplify that to you, and I want to show grace to you. I want to be kind even when you don't deserve it. I want to show love that makes you go, what in the world? That's not ordinary. Some of you have read the book or seen the play or the movie Les Miserables, right? And, and it's the story uh, Victor Hugo tells of the life of Jean Valjean, this uh, common laborer who's sentenced to five years in prison because he stole bread for his family to feed them. And that five-year imprisonment ends up extending to 19 years, and so his heart is hardened. And so once he gets out, he actually has no family, he has no home, he has no means of providing, and so he's a bitter man. And somehow he ends up being invited into a bishop's home, and he doesn't know how to receive kindness. He, he, can't, he can't fathom that. So in the night, he goes, he sneaks out, but first he steals the silver plates of the bishop, and he makes off with them. Well, before long, the police uh, nab him. And they discover these silver plates. They know it's not John Valjean's property. And so they're going to haul him off to prison. He expects to be in prison for the rest of his life. But instead, they stop by the bishop's house to identify, make sure that this is the property and maybe that's all the property. And when they walk into the bishop's home, do you remember what happens? The most pivotal point in the whole uh, story is the bishop looks at Valjean and he says, I'm glad to see you, but I gave you the candlesticks too. Why didn't you take them along with your cutlery? Remember? And and so Valjean is astounded. The police are left with no choice but to release Valjean. And so they leave. And so he's there with the bishop. 
And the bishop says to him, Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil, but to good. You see, that's kindness. That is forgiveness. That's grace. That's something that only God can do inside of us to demonstrate to another who does not deserve that kindness. Do you see? That's what God's given the believer. Kindness is compassionate. Kindness is forgiving and gracious. And finally, kindness is grateful. It's grateful. Look back at the passage in verse 32. It ends by saying, just as God also forgave you in Christ. You know, ultimately, we're not ever going to be able to show biblical kindness to others unless we ourselves have experienced that through the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no doubt that there's probably some here today or watching online today, and you know in your heart of hearts you've never trusted Christ as Savior and Lord. You've never experienced that grace. and Maybe you're still trying to perform your way into God's good graces, and you see how backwards that is because God has demonstrated, he's manifested extraordinary kindness on you by Jesus Christ going willingly to a cross and paying the penalty for your sins. That's why, that's why it's so significant to, to understand that. Now, for those who have not trusted him, why not today? And for those who have, do you see how the knowledge of that kindness should manifest itself in our demonstrating kindness to other people around us? I don't know about you, but I have found it's almost impossible to be grateful and unkind at the very same time. Haven't you? I mean, I... I I find that most of the time when I have short temper or when I'm angry or bitter, whatever, I, I've, I've let gratitude go out the window. I've really forgotten what Christ has done for me. But when I keep that in the center of my life, when I'm living a life of worship and prayer, I come back to that. It really alters my relationships horizontally as well. And so recipients of great grace give greatly. You know, I see evidence of this all over Kingsland. One of the very best blessings I have of being your pastor is I have a front row seat in watching you move in the direction of hurting people. I see community groups and projects and almost every weekend of the year. You're out uh, loving people, caring for people in extraordinary ways. And I love having these conversations with people in their homes when you're sharing or, or our ministries where we're doing these things. And they say, well, why are you doing this? We're not a part of your church or we're not specifically related to there. We're not in your specific community. Why? Because we do it. Jesus Christ has done so much for us. You see, God has given us the capacity for extraordinary kindness because we are so grateful for what the Lord has done for us. We have the ultimate example in the Lord Jesus. God's kindness doesn't mean he dismisses sin, remember? No, that's not what it means. In fact, Romans 11.22, using this same word, kindness, mentions both God's kindness and severity. Isn't that interesting? He's not dismissing sin by showing kindness. No, he's met the penalty for that sin in his holiness and his justice and his love. He's done that. And so now he can manifest kindness to us in extraordinary ways. His kindness means he never gives up on us. He's always eager to restore us, to show us grace. Listen to this passage in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Do you despise the riches of his, there's that word, kindness, Restraint and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Do you know that God uses his kindness to bring people to repentance? That's very important. I am convinced that in this next season 
of life in our communities and our country, the number one way that we're going to have an avenue to share the gospel with people is through demonstrating extraordinary kindness. It's not going to be through debate. It's not going to happen through uh, great education it, it, because people are going to tune you out unless you show a kindness that is manifest in extraordinary ways such that they'd say there's no way he or she is doing this on their own flesh. Do you see? That's the way, and it leads to this repentance. It opens people's hearts. You know, we can talk about strategic ways to do this, missional ways to do this, but for some of you, the hardest ways to do this is not going to be on the Saturday projects. It's going to be this Thursday of Thanksgiving with your family. It's going to be hard. Uh, I'm on Fox 26 in the morning. They asked me to come on and talk about navigating the holidays with your family. And I don't think they want to talk to me about, like, all the medical issues they would have called a doctor. They want a preacher on there because they're like, everybody's going to be mad at each other this year. How are we supposed to do this? And so I get to share a little bit of what it means to have kindness, to show kindness to others. But let me tell you something. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have a whole different capacity to demonstrate love this Thanksgiving or uh, this holiday season with neighbors and friends and others who might least expect you to show them kindness because they know that you're at odds or there's a tension there. Now you have a chance because of what Jesus has done for you to demonstrate the love of Christ that God has given you. Do you see? There are people all around us who are starving for kindness. They're starving for kindness. If you will demonstrate extraordinary kindness, not just good manners, not just niceness, if you'll demonstrate kindness, you will have an audience for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you see? I think it's absolutely fitting that we observe the Lord's Supper on this day before Thanksgiving, not only because we're so deeply thankful for what the Lord has done for us, but likewise because, listen, this is the heart of why we can demonstrate kindness, because of the manifest kindness of the Lord Jesus going willingly to a cross on our behalf. So I have to say, before we observe that in just a little while, if there's someone here who's never experienced new life in Jesus Christ, why not today? Would you reach out to somebody, even in this time of prayer and preparation, maybe quietly step out of your seat and find somebody and say, I want to settle this right here, right now, and trust the Lord Jesus. If you're at home, there's a number on your screen. You can call, and we'd be so honored to talk about how you can know from the pages of Scripture uh, how you can be saved. Let's prepare our hearts for this time because God has given us such a gift. And there's many who are here today, and you've trusted Christ. But I just wonder whether the Spirit of God is going to bring the face or a name of a person into your heart during this time and say, I've, I've gone all the way to you to show love and kindness, and I'm asking you to go all the way to him or her and demonstrate that kindness to them. Let's bow together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the loving kindness that you have shown us over and over and over again. Heavenly Father, I pray for the man or woman who's here today who's never trusted you as Savior and Lord. I pray that today would be the day of forgiveness and new life and salvation. 
Father, for all of us here, I pray, God, not that we would leave more determined to be nice, God, but we would leave recognizing the capacity that you've given us, the supernatural ability to demonstrate holy, extraordinary kindness to the people around us. God, would you do that today? Would you move in our hearts that we might release an army of kindness agents into our homes and our community this week? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.